0: Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation International. Pastors Isagi and Bridget are anointed to teach the Word of God with simplicity. We believe your life will be changed as you listen to this message. Be doers of the Word and not only hearers in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Father, thank
1: you for your Word this morning. Help us to receive it. Your word teach us by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name, all right. We'll be teaching on love, and I believe the Holy Ghost will just give. Allow me to share a little more for a few minutes about um, the love of God in and through us, amen. Praise the Lord! So it says in verse 7 it said, Dear friends, the King James says, beloved, first John chapter number 4, it said, Let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. Now you're getting closer. Praise the Lord. I repeat, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. And knows God whoever does not love does not know God because God is love somebody say amen Amen. Amen. now there are certain things I shared on Thursday I'm going to mention them again and if you have a pen and paper you may want to write Um, there are important things about love and We've studied here Galatians chapter number 5, verse 6. The Bible says that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith that works by love. Amen. Which means that the two most important things that we could study in the scripture is really faith and love. Amen. It's more important than circumcision, it's more important than offerings, it's more important than sacrifices. It's more important than all of the law. In short, the Bible says that the whole law and the prophet hang on the principle and the doctrine of love. Amen? 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 Praise the Lord.
2: Alleluia. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. Praise the Lord. Alleluia.
1: Praise the Lord.
2: Alleluia.
1: And so, I've spent a lot of time teaching on faith, but the Holy Ghost is saying that I need to also spend equal, if not more, time teaching on love. And I said also that Love is also misunderstood, the love to the body, because the whole world is talking about love and they are misconstrued love for things like sex or for things like emotion and for things like, you know, um, selfishness, lust, And they say, oh, you know, I just fell in love. This kind of love the Bible is talking about is not the kind you can fall in. Amen. Amen.
2: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
1: This kind of love is not the kind that catches you like a disease. See, I know he's married, but, but uh, I, I can't help myself. No, you can help yourself in this kind of love. Amen? Yes. Amen? Yes. This kind of love is not blind. When they say love is blind, no, no, love is not blind. You know somebody really say love is blind, it's like saying God is blind. But the Bible says that love overlooks a multitude of sins. It doesn't mean he did not notice that he's not that. No, he just doesn't look, just doesn't concern about it. Praise the Lord. So love is not blind. It just overlooks a multitude of sins. Praise the Lord. So we're looking at the love that God is. Amen. And this love, the Bible says, comes from God. This love can only come from God, which means that agape, the love of God, can only be lived in by those who are born of God and knows God. So the first thing I said on Thursday, if you want to write down, is that one, love is the nature of God. Love is the nature of God. Love is not just something that you, uh, you feel love itself is the description of the character and personality of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The second thing you may want to write down is that love is the proof of our salvation. The Bible says that if you, let's look at it. 1st John, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. The Lord. Let's look at 1st John chapter number three. Are you there? Yes. Yeah. Verse ten. He said, this is how we know who the children of God are and who are the children of the devil, or who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Because the Bible tells us that if we don't walk in love, we're still in darkness. It says, this is how we know we have been translated from darkness into the light because we have love one for another so love is vital it is the proof of salvation and so it's not like a a choice to say well if you like you love no no once you are born again you are commanded to love there's somebody that you're commanded to love love. praise the Lord so because the nature of God is love And love is the proof of our salvation. It means that everyone who is born of God is born of love. Is that true? Yes. That is, every born again believer can walk in love. Now, some people say, well, I don't know how to do this love. No, the Bible says that if you are born of God and you know God, you will walk in love because love is the nature of God. And when you are born of God, the love of God is shared in your heart by the holy ghost every born again christian can walk in love amen amen Amen. Amen. so all the things that we're talking about love is not strange now we may not be walking in it yet but we have the potential for it Amen? amen every child is born usually with legs and hands and eyes Amen. Now, because the child cannot walk yet, cannot run, does not mean the child the the child does not have legs. The legs are born naturally with the child. But what happens when the child begins to exercise the muscles of those legs? It begins to strengthen and begins to grow. And that is the way we are going to have to develop our love work. Everyone has the nature of love when you are born again and we have to begin to use it so that it can grow up. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we also mentioned that love is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 22 that all the law and the prophets covering the whole Old Testament is hinged on the principle of love. So everything the Old Testament is trying to teach you the love. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We also found that our love is the greatest commandment. Amen? In that same scripture. In First Corinthians 13, the Bible says that even if you have faith that can move mountains and you have not love, it said you are what? He said you're nothing. You're a noisy gun. Praise the Lord. I can hear you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Which means that love is the most important commandment, the most important principle in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I'm going to say something here, and not just for the benefits of those of you who are here. Uh, some people, I don't know if I'm using this program on television, but I need to say this, and it's important. are sending ministers, and I teach on faith, and if I mention a particular one, some of you would know, that teach that. Faith is just as important, or maybe even more important than love. Now, some have tried to explain it in many ways, but there's no need to try to argue. The Bible is very clear in 1 Corinthians 13. He compares hope, faith, and love. He said, these three, the greatest of these is love. So, don't even try to use words to try to, you know, to describe the scripture differently. Like somebody said, some of us need help to misunderstand scripture. Because once it's clear, it's clear. Amen. He said these three abide faith, hope, and love. He said the greatest of these is what? Is love. So it doesn't matter who said it. It doesn't matter if the person, you know, is it teaches very well. But once it's not scripture, it's not scripture. Somebody say amen. Amen. amen? amen. Tell somebody love is the greatest.
2: Love is I can't
1: hear you say, love is, love is the greatest. Say it one more time. Say, love is, love is the greatest. So, even when we teach about faith, faith is important, but love is more important. Now, somebody said, well, without faith, you can have love. That's true. Just like without hope, you can have faith. You see, but faith is still in itself more important than hope. The reason why is because... The essence of hope is to produce faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith allows you to receive your hope. And so, if you have hope and no faith, your hope is not going to take you anywhere. And so, the essence of hope is faith. And let me explain to you. The essence of faith... Is love the Bible said the end of the commandment is to love the reason why God is teaching you all these things is not so that you can receive everything else but so that you can receive him and God is love so faith allows you to receive and to walk in the love of God and that's why faith is the greatest faith is the final revelation there is no revelation beyond, sorry, love is the final revelation. There is no revelation beyond love. The Bible says if you are rooted and grounded in love and you are able to comprehend what is the length, what is the breadth, what is the depth, and what is the height, it said you will be filled with all the fullness of God. There's nothing beyond that because God is love. Praise the Lord praise the Lord
2: Hallelujah.
1: praise the Lord
2: Hallelujah.
1: praise the Lord
2: Hallelujah.
1: so where God wants us to go to is the love work. Yes. all the faith all the prophecies all the word of knowledge all the word of wisdom all the gifts of the Spirit is supposed to produce something in you that at the end you become a mature believer and a mature believer is seen In his love work. That's why the Bible says you can have faith that moves mountains. If it does not end up in love, it has not achieved for you anything. It's like having a vehicle to go somewhere, and the vehicle doesn't take you where you're supposed to go. Then you don't need that vehicle. Faith allows you to receive. But the zenith of what you can receive is the love of God. Somebody say amen. amen. And so we have to begin to pay attention to love. Even if we are walking in the spirit, we have the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We have to begin to find out what is this love work. I, and, and I know that some of us think we already know that as I'm studying, I'm learning some more. We've got to begin to study. Am I really, surely, truly grown up in love? Is this the love of God? Is there more to learn? And the Bible says we need to know how wide, how high, how deep it is. It's, it's beyond human comprehension. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Love again, is the only law of the New Testament. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Jesus Christ said, "I give you a new commandment." He didn't say new commandments. He said a a new commandment that you should love. It's the only law of the new command of the New Testament. So, if there is one law you want to obey, is what the
2: law. the
1: law of love. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then we also find out. That the love of God is the bond of perfection. You find that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. You find it uh, that the Bible says that love is the bond of perfection. You also find it in John 17 that God has given us his love so that we can be like him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Joined with him with the bond of love. You find it in Ephesians chapter number four. The Bible says that we can build up the church by everyone supplying the areas where they need, and we are growing in love. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. So love is the greatest. Say love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. Tell somebody it doesn't matter if you speak in tongues.
2: tongues. It doesn't
1: matter if you can pass through walls. It doesn't
2: matter
1: if you can see tomorrow. Say it, say it like me, it doesn't matter if you can see tomorrow. If you don't walk in love, if you have amount you have you amount to nothing. Say it again, you amount to nothing if you don't walk in love. Say, so you better start walking in love now. Say are, are you walking in love?
2: Are you in
1: love? Answer, praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So again, what is love? So we said love is a commitment. To walk like God in Ephesians 5 the Bible says be imitators of God Ephesians 5 1 it said be imitators of God and walk in love so once you begin to walk in love it means you are imitating God you're living like God because God is love somebody say amen, amen. praise the Lord the so love is a decision love is a commitment a commitment to do good to do what is right somebody say amen Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that God is God?
2: You
1: know what the Bible says about God? The Bible says that God is light. And in Him, there is no darkness at all. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God in whom there is no variableness neither is there any shadow of turning, which means that god is not a yo-yo god you're not going to come to god one day and he's going to give you evil every time you come to god he is the same yesterday, He is the same today, and He is the same forever. And that's why one of the first things you begin to study, the Bible says that love is patient, which means that love is consistent in the seasons of trial. Now, many Christians are yo-yo Christians. Praise the Lord. Amen. No, let me change that. Some Christians. Amen. A few Christians. Very few, praise the Lord. None in this house, praise the Lord. None in this house, no, no, no. Amen? Because we are growing in the, in the image of God, amen? Praise the Lord. So the Bible begins to tell us the quality of, of God, which is the quality of love. And, and we have been studying that love is patient, which means that love is consistent. Love is not dependent on the circumstances. But he's always good all the time and that's why somebody who says I don't know maybe God is the one that put this sickness on me does not know God praise the Lord because God will not Sickness at some time on somebody and then take it away at somebody at sometime else. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says, God is good. He says, I know my thoughts towards you, they are good thoughts to bring you to an expected end. God is always good. Amen. And He's the same. God doesn't change when the economy changes. Someone say, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, this is important. God, you see, let me tell you this. This is what happens many times about faith. Because of lack of this understanding, many times when the economic situation begins to get hard, many people begin to fear. What they don't recognize is that God has not changed. And even though the circumstances may put pressure on Him or on others, but what he has said about you, he will bring it to pass. He will not change his mind about you. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. Praise the Lord. If he says, "I will supply all of your needs," he will supply all of your needs. If he has to empty Atlantic Ocean to do it, he will. Praise the Lord. So you need not be afraid. Somebody say, "Amen." Praise the Lord. You know, it's easy sometimes for people to believe God when things are fine. It's okay, yeah, yeah. It's easy to say, oh, my God shall supply all my needs. When you have a job, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What about if the job is taken away? Is God still the same? Yes. Can God still supply your needs? Can he still put food on your table? Many times what happens when somebody loses a job or some level of supply, their faith things, And what they are saying is that my source is in this thing and I don't know how, if God can do it now without a job. And that was the problem of the children of Israel in the desert. When God took them to the desert, they began to become afraid. Can God supply us food in the desert? When they should have recognized that this God that is love, even if you are at the mountain, you are in the valley, or you are in the desert, God will supply all of your needs. Somebody say amen. amen. God doesn't change. God is not pressured to change his mind. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, law is patient. The Bible tells us in First Corinthians chapter number thirteen. You may want to go back, go there. Patience is to remain consistent even in difficult times. Patience is to remain the same even when things around you are changing. Somebody say, "Amen." Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To remain faithful to God. To remain faithful to His Word. Hallelujah. 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 First Corinthians chapter number 13. I'm going to read from verse 4. It said, Lord, and some translation says, Charity is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trust, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they shall cease, and where there are tongues, they shall be still. Where there is knowledge, it shall pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things behind me. Now we see, but in a poor reflection in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So the first thing we see in verse 4 is that love is patient. Say love is patient.
2: patient.
1: Say it louder. Love is patient.
2: patient.
1: Say it one more time. Love is patient. Love is patient. So what does it mean to be patient? We have been studying that for a couple of weeks. Patience is to wait with the right attitude. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, many of us wait anyhow, but not with the right attitude. Praise the Lord. The children of Israel had to wait for God to send food. But while they were waiting, they were murmuring, complaining, you know, quarreling, having a bad day. And because of that, even though they waited, they were not patient. And so they did not enter the promise. So the Bible says, love is patient. Which means that you do not only have to wait, you have to wait with the right attitude. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. How is that possible? You need a job. You had a job. I don't know why I'm using that today, but maybe Holy Ghost is ministering to somebody.
2: Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Amen. And it looks like your bills are not going to be paid. You have you, 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 you have a choice. You can wake up in the morning and get into a depression. Will the depression make the job come faster? No. no, no. You can decide, look down, look like everything is on your shoulder while you are waiting expecting but instead of it making it come faster the truth is that with your attitude even if you went on interview will you really get the job no no so patience is not just waiting it's waiting with The right attitude and people just think, well, as far as I'm waiting on God, as far as I'm waiting on God, I'm patient. No, no, no. Because you are waiting on God does not mean you are patient. You have to wait with the right attitude. Somebody say amen. Amen. So it's important. It's important. The Bible says even if things are not working well for you, you need to put a smile on your face. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the
2: Lord.
1: Don't treat anybody nasty just because people treated you nasty. Amen. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You went for an interview, you didn't get the job. Don't come and beat everybody up at home. Put put a new face, rejoice, laugh, and say, thank you, Lord. Means another job is coming. Somebody say amen. You have to wait with the right attitude. That's patience. That's patience. And people like to explain it and say, you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't need to know what you're going through. I need to know the word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. But how is that possible? You see, we're all natural human beings. We tend to react, and that's the truth. And so the Bible begins to tell us how we can walk in patience. In Hebrews chapter number 12, it said the way Jesus was able to stay patiently was that he kept his eyes On the result, not on the present circumstances. If you keep your eye on the present circumstances, you will begin to lose your cool and begin to act, you know, in all kinds of pain. But if you begin to look at the end result, you will be have courage and your joy will return. Somebody say, "Amen." Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, how do you stay patient? You look at what the Word of God says is going to be. You begin to look at the future and then you encourage yourself in the Lord and begin to get excited because you know the results. The Bible tells us in I think 2 Chronicles 20, when the great army came against Jehoshaphat and he didn't have a big enough army to come against them. But the Bible said that the world came and said don't fear because this battle is not yours. This battle belongs to the Lord. Now, they looked around. The circumstances were still the same. But now they had a word that they were going to win. So, Jehoshaphat said to the army, if we are going to win, there's no need to fear and begin to get sad and discouraged. Let us begin to praise God. Somebody say, Hallelujah. And so, they began to rejoice because they knew what was going to happen in the end. That is patience. Now, I need to explain this properly because you know some of us, are, you know, some of us are in church for a while, we've heard many of things like this, and we still don't have it in great understanding so that we can use it. You cannot be patient for something that is not going to happen. Now, listen to this. If a farmer, praise the Lord, are you hearing me? Tell somebody, wake up, wake up! A farmer goes to a field and sits down and say, "I'm waiting." So what are you waiting for? Say, I'm waiting for corn to grow. Say, "Oh, you planted corn." Say, "No." What did you plant? Say, "Nothing." Say, "What are you doing?" Say, "I'm waiting." Is that patient? I begin to rejoice. Hey, corn is going to come. Will corn come? No. <laughs> what about if he waits long? How long will really he have to wait? Yeah is it being patient? No. That's not patient. Patience is not just waiting. Patience is waiting with a right attitude for something that is going to come. And so you have to know that it will come for you to be patient. If I tell you, for instance, I'm going to meet you at 2 o'clock at the Wendy's and then you get there at one30 Will you begin to face and say, I don't know why, I I'm tired, it's 1.30. What will you do? You wait. You say, it's 2 o'clock, it's 1.30 right now. Somebody said, aren't you hungry?" He said, no, he said 2 o'clock, he'll be here too." 2. You never pace around, eat some fries, amen. <laughs> Laugh around, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And like I normally do, I show up at 1.30. Somebody say amen. Good time. Praise the Lord, 2 o'clock. I show up when I shoot. But if you live here today, and you say I'm going to wait for Pastor at Wednesdays at two o'clock, and I did not tell you I'm coming there at two o'clock.
2: How long are you going to wait?
1: Right, and you say I'm, I'm patient. I'm patient. You will wait, and you will wait. They will be close. They will put you outside. You will still be waiting. well I'm in, maybe I'm in, a, you know, blockbuster or something. You're know, looking for a good Christian movie. Amen. So what I'm saying is that one reason why many people get frustrated is because they are waiting for something that will never come. And they get frustrated. And why will it never come? Because there is no promise that is going to come. And so they get frustrated. But you can only be patient when you are guaranteed that it will come. And so you have courage that this time may be rough, but I know what's going to happen in a short one, and so I can bear this pain for in expectation of the result in the future. Amen. That's what patience is about. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so somebody sees a farmer rejoicing and patient, He said, what? He said, I'm expecting corn. And he had sown some corn, praise the Lord, put some fertilizer, and he's expecting corn. Will he be patient? Yeah, because he knows corn is going to come. So the other man looks at him and says, oh, he's patient, and goes to his own farm, and did not sow anything, and tries to be patient that well. It's not going to work. So before you become patient, you are going to find out, is this thing going to happen? Somebody say amen. Amen. And where can you find that out? In the word Word of God. Somebody say amen. If the Bible tells you that God supplies all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, and then you lose your job, do you have reason to be patient? Yes. Yes, you, You know that somewhere, somehow, he that has promised will bring it to pass. So now, I, all I need to do is wait on him, he has promised. I have a sister, you know, she worked for a while, they lost her job. For six months, she didn't have a job. She said, I thought it was going to be the most difficult time in my life. He said, but I came to re- realize that my job is not my
2: source."
1: He said, for those six months, I did not have a job, my, my house mortgage was paid on time, I, I was fed on time, I, I even at the end had more money in my account than I had when I was working. Someone said, that's good, let me quit my job, i we no, no. <laughs> Why? Because she had become so fretful about her job, she needed to be taught that her job was not her source, So she said, you know what? After now, I have a better job, but I'm not afraid anymore. It doesn't matter what they say. I do what the Holy Ghost is leading me. I'm not afraid because I've come to realize that my source is God. I may be walking, I may be paid, but God will find a way to take care of me if I stay faithful to his word. And we've got to learn that. Patience is to walk in expectation of God's word. If God says, he by himself took away your sickness and your disease, and then you get a report that the doctor says, no, there's no hope in this thing. Do you have reason to be patient? Yes. 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 Why? Because God has already promised, and you know God cannot lie. So at this time, it may not look like what God is saying is coming to pass. But because you know God's word, you have reason for patience. You know what the Bible says in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter number 10? It said, you have need of patience after you have done the will of God that you may inherit the promise. This is what happens many times. Some people have not done the will of God and they want to be patient. It doesn't work that way. You have to see what God says you should do do what he says you should do sow your seed speak the word and then you can wait with the right attitude somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. when everybody's panicking say i've got seed in the ground somebody say amen, amen. praise the lord hallelujah. praise the lord
2: hallelujah.
1: praise the lord hallelujah. the prophet came one day and told hezekiah prepare your house in order you're going to die the man turned to the wall and said no lord you understand i have been faithful i give my time I go to church, I pray, I do what you say I should do. This is not your promise towards me. I'm supposed to have a long life. And the Bible says, before Isaiah left the courtyard, God told him to go back. He had done what God asked him to do. And so he could make a demand with the right attitude to God, to do what God says is gonna happen. Somebody say amen. amen. So patience is waiting with the right attitude because you know what God says. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says if you give, what's going to happen? Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over shall what? Men give unto you. So if you give, do you have reason for patience that people are going to give to you? Yes. Just begin to wait. Praise the Lord somebody visits you, you be looking whether they brought a the truck or something. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you say, "Why you're waiting, you, you have sown your seed. It is righteousness to be patient expecting a harvest. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. In Peter, the Bible says, patience is seen in the farmer who sows his seed. He knows there is seed time and there is harvest. So he doesn't get discouraged in between. He knows that because he has sown the seed, that the ground will produce a report, and so he has the right attitude. People who are not patient with other people is because they don't believe they are going to change. And so they treat them the way they see them right now. If you believe someone is going to change and become an image of Christ, you begin to treat the person with what you are expecting, with patience, you don't give up on the person. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can God change anyone? Yes. So should you be patient with anyone? Yes. Yeah, the person may have a bad attitude right now, spitting, chewing, cursing. But keep him in the word of God. Amen. amen. Bring him to a low foundation. Somebody say, amen. amen. Sow the right seeds of the word of God. One of these days, the same one that was lying, cheating, a white bitter, stealing, he will begin to preach the same gospel and he will be transformed, renewed, changed. It doesn't matter where the person is right now. If you are sowing the seed of God's word, just be patient. That person is going to change. Somebody say amen. amen. But he's not going to change if you sow the wrong seeds as well. Praise the Lord. If you don't sow the seed of God's word, if it becomes, okay, you did this to me and I'll do this back to you, you will sow tongues and re-tissue. That's why the Bible says that those of us who are married, if our spouses are not living right, it says we should show them love by a good lifestyle. It says, and they will be one. Meaning that you have a responsibility to sow the right seeds that will change them. But if you are living wrong because they are living wrong, both of you are sowing evil seeds and you're only going to get worse. Somebody has to be patient enough to sow the right seeds. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some fruits come out very quickly. Somebody say amen. Amen. Some patient comes to long
0: suffering
1: <laughs> say how long pastor as long as it takes praise the Lord Hallelujah. praise the Lord Hallelujah. how long as long as it but God will give you grace, amen, amen. I'm just going to start the next point and we're going to conclude it says love is patient love is kind tell somebody love is kind love is kind praise the Lord
2: Hallelujah.
1: praise the Lord so it's important that we begin to uh, treat other people, not by the way they are right now, but the way we expect them to be. Amen? Amen. That's patient. What is kindness? The Western tradition tells us that kindness is friendly, is to be generous, to be warm hearted in nature, to exhibit sympathy and understanding, to be considerate, to be tolerant, to be liberal and agreeable, beneficial. Somebody say amen. amen. It says or is having or showing a tender, considerate, and helpful nature. The same word kind is sometimes translated as gentle or good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many of us are kind here? You're kind, you're kind, praise the Lord. You're considerate, amen, amen. 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 You open doors for people, praise the Lord. Yeah. You do good to help other people. Yeah. You look at someone and you're easy to talk with. Let's, let's go to James, James chapter number three. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whew, hallelujah. James three, you know the world teaches that for you to be strong, you have to be assertive, harsh, mean. You have to get the can, can all the good seed for the can, and make sure you are the only one. They tell you that if you, if you are soft spoken, you are weak. People walk all over you. You have to be strong. <laughs> boys don't cry. Praise the Lord. Tell your children that the Bible says Jesus wept. You cannot be more mature than Jesus.
2: <laughs>
1: Carry the whole world upon his shoulder and still well.
2: wept. <laughs> boys <don't> cry.
1: <laughs> so if you tell your boys that just change it. Say so they don't cry. They only cry for the right reason. Somebody say amen.
2: Praise,
1: Praise Lord. the
2: Lord.
1: <laughs> What's wrong? Okay, let me read from the King James. Where is it? you open to James chapter number three. Let's start from verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let it show it by the good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter, bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from, from heaven or from above, but is earthly or spiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, then considerate, then submissive, then full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest. Of righteousness. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me read it from the living translation. If you are wise and understanding God's ways, let a life of steady good, live a life of steady goodness, so that only good deeds pour, pour forth. And if you don't brag about the good things you do, then you will be truly wise. But if you are bitter, jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag about being wise. That is the worst kind of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly; they are unspiritual, motivated by the devil. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, it is gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality, it's always sincere. All those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest Goodness, somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible said the wisdom that is of this world is is, is selfish, it it has selfish ambition, it's it's always envious, trying to show that I know better, I do better, bragging, and and all of that. He said that is not the wisdom from God. He said the wisdom of God is meek, is gentle, is easy to entreat, is the kind that is peaceable, loves peace, wants to walk in an amiable situation. It's not the type that is boastful and proud. Is a type that is gentle and kind. Somebody say, "Amen." amen. I usually say that every, every every any fool can return a cost for a curse. It takes a wise man to forgive. Somebody say, "You don't understand." He just annoyed me. I was on campus one day, very interesting, and I was walking, and there was this, you know, the story building. Uh, you know how some students do; they don't care, they just pour water. You know, of the balcony. There was this other lady who was coming down, and as she was coming down, this guy poured water and drenched her. Oh. She said, Who is that fool that poured this water? The guy looked. He said, I'm sorry, stupid. Now you say, what? How can he still abuse that? Now, the one who poured water was wrong in the initial state. But she replying and calling the other man a fool is not any better than the one that he poured water. And so the other one apologized for pouring water and replied the fact that she called him a fool and now they are both evil. And that's what happens in the world. Somebody does evil. The other person replies evil for evil, and think that because the first one was evil, the second one is justified as evil. When the judge comes, what is he going to do? He's going to recompense the one who started it with evil, and yet the one who followed with evil is going to receive the reward as well of evil. So somebody is going to stop the evil. If the Bible says, if they do evil to you, repay with good. That does not mean the man goes free. You leave the man to the judge of all the earth who will recompense evil for evil. But because you did good and you sold good, good is going to come back to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so you don't have to replace, uh, re- reply evil for evil. All the guys should have said, who poured water? Then the other one would have said, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it should have been turned around. But because he said, who poured water? Fool. Then the man said, I'm sorry, stupid.
2: <laughs>
1: praise the Lord. And if it was maybe less civilized society have resulted in peace fight. Mm, praise the Lord. For no reason. Praise God. What am I saying this morning? The Bible says love is kind. Kindness means to do what is good at all times. To be considerate. Don't think about yourself all the time. Don't think about how it's going to just suit you. Sometimes you may even need to inconvenience yourself to help somebody else feel good or do good to that person. Amen? Feeling is not just a very good example because feeling can be, you know, can can conflict. But to do good to that person. Somebody say amen? And sometimes you don't have to know the person to do good. You have to become kind. All the time. The Bible says that all believers know how to be kind to those that are kind to them. But we have to become kind to even those that are not kind to love. Now, I know the Bible says that faith, by faith we receive, but I want us to know that the Bible says that faith walks by law. Some of us don't know that all these things affect us. They do. Now, we look at Abraham and call Abraham the father of faith. He believed the whole world. But even from Genesis, this faith has always worked by love. Look at the life of Abraham. See the way he treated people. The Bible says one day Abraham was sitting, three guys came. Abraham did not know that these people were angels. Abraham was just a kind man. He said, come, come, come to my house, come and eat. And the Bible says Abraham, God, the fattest calf, killed him, prepared food for them, was nice to them. And before they were about to go, they began to realize that these people were more than just ordinary men. Abraham was a kind man. Abraham had a, a nephew called Lot. Raised Lot up. Lot followed him. Lot became rich. And the Bible said they had a contention because their heads were in, in, in you know were, were not able to be supported by the land. Abraham looked at Lot. He was the senior. He was the one that had the vision. He was the one that God called. Lord followed him. He said to Lord, You choose first. If it was today, Abraham said, Should I I tell you who I am? Is it because it's not because you followed me that you have all of this wealth? My friend, go back home. (laughs) But the one who had the anointing, the blessing, said to Lord, Choose first. Not only that, Lord was foolish. The Lord said, "You choose first. The Bible says, "Lord lifted up His eyes and chose the best land." If it was, if I was Abraham, that's when I would have gotten angry. Amen. Is it because I let you choose first? I think you should have had the same sense because I, I gave you the chance now to choose. Now you are now you are abusing it. I'm gonna take it back. Praise the Lord.
2: <laughs>
1: but what happened? Lord chose. And it did not end there. The Bible said, not many years after that, Lord got into trouble. Abraham didn't say, no. <laughs> you know what the did?
2: <laughs>
1: did, did I tell you? You let me. What are you? <laughs> you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, even when your enemy. Are in trouble, he said, if you rejoice, he said, God will see your heart and stop the punishment. <laughs> it's a serious thing. So, the one who evil wronged you, you should be careful not to rejoice when they are suffering.
2: You should even say, Lord, oh Lord help, him.
1: help him,
2: please. Ask kindly,
1: Abraham took 300 of his soldiers. Wait to raise the Lord again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not just about faith. And some of us say, I'm single. i am believing God for a while. Look at Rachel. The Bible said Rachel went to this street, and there was this old man with some camel. Some people say, don't, don't touch me. She's that camel is in, in the desert. I'm looking for Mr. Right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Many people will be kind to those that look like Mr. Right. But what they did not know, that this old man with this donkey was the key. Who was there. And the Bible said, Rachel said, I'm not only going to give to you water, but let me give your calm and water. She, was the, the, she wanted to do it out of her free will, not because she thought she was going to get anything back. And after she was kind, took a a bangalore and gave it to her and said, I have have my master sent me to look for a while. (laughs) Many of us have missed a lot of opportunities because of our actions. The Bible says, be careful to entertain strangers because in so doing many have entertained angel now people say oh angels wings no that doesn't happen the word angel there is not only referring to the spirit beings of God it refers to messengers of God those that God has sent to bring you a blessing they may be human beings God refers to human beings sometimes in the scripture as angels when they are carrying the will and the message of God and sometimes people have missed their blessing because they were not kind to the young man that talked to them on the way, to the one that made a mistake at their job, to the one that came and was talking anyhow, to the one that came and asked for direction, and he gave them the wrong direction even though you knew it was wrong. And some people do that deliberately, like why did he ask me? He's going to turn the like, when you be like, <laughs> he's going to learn get lost. <laughs> That's easy. Praise the Lord. Kindness, the Bible says kindness is what makes somebody attractive. Some of us singles need to learn how to cook. Somebody's like, huh? Yeah, beauty is not everything. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can look nice if you're not kind and you don't know how to do good. The person may hang around you for a little while. <laughs> but the beauty will wear <laughs> we quick enough but there are certain things that cannot wear off, kindness cannot wear off you have to learn to do good stuff one round of the things that kindness also means is in the words that you speak kindness starts from your mouth the bible talks about the righteous woman it said the law of kindness was in her tongue. The Bible says, uh, I think in Timothy, he said, Let your wa- words be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer every man. It's not every time you open your mouth and just blow stuff. <laughs> it has to be full of grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. Things people don't merit You have to. You just bless them with him sometimes Now we're going to balance and that does not mean you can't correct or you can't
0: cheat or you can't do Just say, oh, you're so
1: nice, you're so nice The person is wearing a blue socks and a yellow socks Oh,
2: so you look so nice That's not love Praise God Praise God Amen
1: yes, Sometimes you say, I love you, you look better
2: <laughs> With the black socks If you change that socks, amen
1: Praise the Lord You find a polite way to say it Praise the Lord. Look <laughs> for the best way. The Bible says we must speak the truth. But we must speak the truth in love. Love doesn't mean you don't say the truth. See, if I say it i it's going to get offended. Now you probably don't love that person. But once you've got to say, you find the best way you can to say the truth. for say it in kindness. Amen?
0: Amen. 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 Did you learn anything this morning? Put your hands together by God, to Say amen. We trust you've been blessed by this message. To order additional copies of this message or to request a list of other messages from Love Foundation, please contact us by mail at Love Foundation International, PO Box 41, Greenbelt, Maryland, 20770 by email at contact at Love Foundation Or by phone at 301-776-5782 You can also visit our website at www.lovefoundation.org Love Foundation, a place to find God's
2: love.